You said you killed 16 men since this thing started. You ever kill anyone before? No. And how about before Woodbury? Before you met him? So he saved your life, cleaned you up, fed you a line of bullshit. Why would you kill somebody else for him? You know, we can't go back. Ain't happened. Both of us. We can just go back. I can't go back. Don't you understand that? I can't. Why? Go back with him. Get ready for what's next. I got something I gotta do on my own. So this episode is sponsored by Black Ice. I don't know if you noticed that. Did you notice that? No. What? What? Yeah. You didn't notice that it was uh, sponsored by Black Ice? Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I do not. Well, I will let you know what we're talking about. Or what I'm talking about. Haley doesn't even know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I don't know anything. But before we get into that, so that's what's coming up, guys. Welcome back to Dodoy. 
your go-to Walking Dead podcast, hopefully, uh, if you're interested in a retrospective kind of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. We just got back from Georgia. Yeah. We were actually in the state that this incredible show has been filmed in, continues to be filmed in. Takes and, place in for some part. Yeah. And uh, all the spinoffs, for the most part, are filmed in Georgia as well. Or at least parts of Georgia. Yeah, I want to say Fear of the Walking Dead is going to be filmed soon somewhere in Georgia. Yep. Don't quote me on that, but... I would think you're right. I don't... By, I meant by soon. I don't know how soon, like now or like a few months. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and we were up there looking for apartments because we're going to be moving there this year. So that was uh, a bit of a stressful thing and a bit of a cool thing and... A bit of an all kind of feelings thing. Yeah, it's a definitely a hurdle. It was like Titanic, the movie Titanic. Don't even say that. So we're destined to sink. No, 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 no. In terms of the emotions, like oh. you know how you feel yeah, like happy, and then you kind of feel sad, and then you kind of cry a little bit, and then you're happy again. I wouldn't compare it to the Titanic. <laughs> you, but you thought it meant like we're gonna yeah we're gonna sink sink yeah, and I'm gonna freeze yeah. Um, spoiler. Oh. <laughs> uh. Well, it's definitely like with any big life event, it's a hurdle. Yep. But you know, it's all worth it. So. Yeah. You gotta you gotta struggle to make it. Yeah. And that's what we're doing right now. Hopefully, we're we're gonna make it. I believe it. I do too. Um. So that's uh. That's, I got a fortune cookie from Panda Express today that said good fortune was in our future. So. Yeah. And if Panda Express says it, I mean. Yeah. Then it's true. I mean, if you guys want the winning lottery numbers, go to Panda Express. They don't put the lottery numbers on those fortune cookies. They uh, do P.F. Chang's. Oh, go to P.F. Chang's. There you go. The fancier Panda Express. Yeah. Um, so our episode is... I feel like I'm blowing out the mic there. Sorry about that, guys. Let me uh, turn down my mic. I'm a little hot on the mic. Yeah. There, there we go. Uh, our episode... Uh, there I go. I did it again. I blew it out. All right. Our episode is sponsored by P.F. Chang's Panda Express, but this episode of The Walking Dead is sponsored by the little those little tree air fresheners. Oh. I, th- I literally think they're called Little Tree. And what oh. I'm talking about uh, is when Michonne has Merle in the car. Wait, yeah. Merle has Michonne in the car. There we go. It's two M's. Uh, M&M. Um, when, oh. when they're in the car... There's a black ice little tree hanging in the uh, I... in the middle, and then what's so cool? I don't know if you caught this. Is when he drops her off and makes her get out, it's gone, and then when he arrives at his destination where the governor and all his men are, it's back. I did not notice that. So, I did not see that. One of two things is happening here. One, uh, either Michonne or Merle were like. <laughs> in like a deleted scene. Uh, this has no more smell to it. Take it down. Or Michonne took it down because she doesn't like the aesthetic of that hanging in frame when she's driving. And then once Merle kicked her out, he put it back. Uh, in reality, what funny. it actually is, it's probably a continuity error. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably the, funny. the production designer going, ah, oh, fuck, when they're watching it back. God damn it. Why didn't, why didn't I keep that black ice in, uh, funny. in frame the whole time? Um, but yeah, so there's your little fun fact. Go back and watch the episode and tell me if, uh, tell me if you guys see that. That's really funny. Um, 
And uh, yeah, other than that. I noticed that. This is, I think this is the first episode of our podcast where we did a double feature of songs. Maybe. Yeah, there's two songs featured in this uh, episode. Fast and Loose by Motorhead and Turn It Up by Ted Nugent. Nugent. Uh, Nugent? Yeah. I want to say it's the first. Yeah, I think you might be right. Um, I thought that was cool. Yeah, because it, 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 it didn't feel right to go. Hmm, which one? Yeah, which one? I mean, if I had to pick one, I'd go Turn It Up by Ted Nugent. Yeah. That's just me. Uh, but I was like, eh, just throw both of them in there. Uh, it's directed by Greg Nicotero, the, the man, the myth, the legend, the spe- special makeup effects artist, the special makeup effects artist, written by Scott M. Gimple. God, you sound a little special. Rhymes with pimple. And original air date, March 242013. So there you go. Ew. Math that up. Um, what I think that's like 20 and 13, so what that's 33, and then add two and four, that's six, Dude. so that's 29. What, anyways, what the hell are you talking about? Anyways, anyways, I digress. Um, also, since we last talked to you guys, our what I think is a, a beautiful tribute not to pat ourselves on the back, but uh, you know, I am I'm not proud of a lot of stuff in my life uh in terms of like stuff i put out there because you know you you have to kind of balance being prideful because yeah. then it, then it can come off as narcissistic it, it, it can come off like you're jerking yourself a little too much uh i said a big word you just said jerking con- it con- <laughs> congratulations i prefer jerking it uh you know you could come off as a jerk and I don't like that. So, but I am happy with the way that this particular video turned out, except for like, there's like a little moment and I pinned it in the comments as a little thing that I think, cause I left the computer with you and I think you might've accidentally taken it out. Cause I know I had it in the video. It's when we're talking about the pins, the annual pass pins. I swear I didn't do uh, much of anything. I, I don't know. It, I know I had it in there and now it's not in the final thing. It's whatever. I put a little comment in the thing. I said, due to human error in editing. So whatever. But other than that, the video is great. Uh, it's it's uh, as she checks her phone. No, I was I was. Are you checking the video? Yeah. The, the, the podcast, uh, podcast, no, please. I, I was just to say like the name, like what you had the video titled as. Oh, I can tell you right now off the top oh, of my head. Oh, I don't know. We're fans of Bob Saget. Dash seeing his penultimate show at Hard Rock Live, Orlando, Florida. Then didn't you have like a hashtag in there? Oh yeah, uh, hashtag R.I.P. Bob Saget because it's cool to hashtag shit. Um, but that video is up on our YouTube page. You can go check that out if you feel so inclined to. It's fans of something. It's YouTube.com/slash fans of something. Um, when we're not here on the cast, we're on the tube making videos. <laughs> so you can go check that out if if you are a fan of Bob Saget like we are. Um, and, uh, you can see the footage we caught of him and hear that great song that, that is most likely the only recorded footage of that song that he was, uh, sharing. Cause, uh, one of his things is he likes to do music at the end of his sets and this like was comedy a, music. Yeah. This was a, this was a new song that, um, uh, wasn't featured in a special or anything. So who knows if it's, if, if there's another recording of it, if not, this might be the only one. So Anyways. in full at the very least. It's yeah, it's full. Um, it's like me after a great meal at P.F. Chang's. Great. So we're talking about this sorrowful life. Sorrowful. You say sorrowful. It's sorrowful, I like say, sorrow. No, like but, you're full of sorrow. No, you're full of sorrow. 
What the? I know you're, <laughs> you're not only are you dumb, but you're wrong. I don't know. It's what? Is it, what is it? Tomato, tomato? To nobody fucking says tomato. Oh, but the, you say tomate. Tomate. <laughs> okay. It, it's, it's tomorrow. So, you know what? This sorrowful life. Sorrowful. No, I, I don't like that. All right, Sorrowful. so that, that's the Q&A this week. <laughs> oh, my God. There, there's you, literally, it's not even a right or wrong thing. Uh, it just is. Uh, uh, well, well, whoever's listening to this, call into us, anchor.fm slash podcast. You can hit the message button. Leave us a voicemail. We want to hear it. Uh, there, there's no right. How do you I'm, say it? I'm how saying you say there's it? no right or wrong. It just is. CC Cola, how do you say it? Uh, <laughs> how do you say? No, something? leave Siri out of this. I don't want Siri in this. Uh, it's this S life. There we go. Uh, it's the fifteenth and penultimate episode. So, of season three. Of season three, we're almost at the end. Um, so it uh it has on the old RT Rotten Tomato, Ugh. uh eighty three percent based on eighteen reviews. No, con- no consensus. No consensus. But we do have our f- favorite people, Tom Fitzgerald. Gave it a positive. All in all, a wonderful 40-minute story. Too bad the script was for a 60-minute one. Yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> okay. Question mark? It seems like Pitt, uh, Tom Fitzgerald and then the other guy we quote, Kevin Fitzpatrick, they're just on opposite ends of the spectrum because I think when he one likes it, the other one doesn't. For this time, Kevin doesn't like this episode. He writes, this sorrowful life, however you want to say it, ultimately doesn't amount to very much. Well, I don't agree with that. Yeah, come on, Kevin. Come on, Kevin. Did you even finish it? Yeah. Kevin. Uh, Randy Dakovich is uh, writing, This Sorrowful Life is merely a good episode of the show. Sorrowful. Um, Whoa, Chris Benian from the UK wrote, This was Merle's episode. To be honest, it's been Merle's series. What? (laughs) Are you? That's a hot take right there. Uh, so yeah, so it's definitely a little more critically acclaimed than uh, some some episodes previously. Um, mm-hmm. And what are your overall thoughts on it? No, oh, I think definitely picking up from the last one, I enjoyed myself more so. Oh yeah. Oh, definitely. Okay. Like um, it, not to cut you off, but where the previous episode was very much entirely Woodbury centric, this one is. Very much prison centric. Prison centric. Yeah, yeah. And it's nice that they did that balance, but personally, I, I just find the prison a little more like uh, enthralling at the moment. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I uh, still season three hasn't given me a bad episode. Uh, I do remember watching this episode um, at my sister's house. This was a switch up of of viewing locations when this originally aired. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, this is. Uh, Ultimately, this is the Merle episode. This is his redemption episode. This is uh, saying goodbye to Merle. This is potentially one of Norman Reedus's standout episodes in terms yes. of just you know. Yes. Uh, it, 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 it's such a standout episode. It, it it it's turned into a meme, right? Like his face is a meme. Where? Like when like when he's crying at the end. I don't remember that. That's definitely a meme everywhere. Like that that his crying face because it's kind of ugly yes I, well i was just thinking in this episode because for the life of me i can't remember when it was supposed to happen but he just very much looked like his uh um uh the nuts 
Right. Uh, no, so what, what fucking video game? This Sorrowful Life. Oh, Death Stranding? Yeah, but wasn't he supposed to be in Silent Hill? I don't know. I know he was in Death Stranding from yeah. Michiguchu Hayao Miyazaki. Yeah. Right. That's not right, but yeah. If we have any Japanese listeners, I apologize. So uh, it's definitely a good episode. Uh, it's uh, I remember watching it and going because I was you know so on the like uh, I was so on the governor bandwagon at this time, and I was like, oh man, a whole episode without the governor, the governor, and good lord, I because I because I remember last episode on the podcast I said that that's his most menacing when he's chasing down Andrea. Yeah. This this dude bites a motherfucking finger off. Two fingies. Yeah, he Two fingies. he bites fingies. Two fingies. See, why are you why are you okay with saying fingies but when I say because, sorrowful? Because it's cute when I say it. Ugh. But he bites fingers off and like Merle gets his face stabbed. It's pretty I mean this is pretty graphic shit. Um out with a bang. So literally. So yeah, I really enjoy this sorrowful life, and um, you're just doing it to spite me now. Uh, well, that's how I say it. Um, so let's get into it. Favorite scene, favorite moment, Haley Costell. Me, 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 me. Let the audience know. Um, well, mine was a toss-up between um the moment you played for the opening when they're in the car together, but specifically when. Merle says, because, like, when he says, I can't go back, but you could kind of, like, see something change, like, in that moment. And I'm, like, so Michonne, where he's just like, all right, you go on back. I have something I have to do. And she's just kind of like, what? First of all, (laughs) I wouldn't have moved a muscle until I at least had my sword in my hand or something. And her face just tells all. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. She's quite literally like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Almost like she didn't even know it was in the script. But, like, you're just kind of leaving me here. Um, that scene I really liked just because it was so out of left field. And um, the end when, the moment when uh, Daryl finds Merle. Okay. Uh, to comment, because I uh, feel like a lot of people, myself included, when we first watched it, we kind of were shell-shocked over the... It, it, to, I feel like to a lot of people, it, it, it can be considered very sudden how Merle just kind of shifts. But I don't... There's two things that I that I that I just want to say really quickly. One is, well, we're not in his head. His head is a private space. Like all our minds are private spaces. We don't know what is actually going on up in there. I mean, at the beginning, he even says he's a mystery to himself. Yeah. So if he doesn't know himself, uh, how how can we know him? So he can flip on a dime. He has the justification to flip. So I love that they included that. Uh, credit to Scott M. Gimple if he wrote that line. It's a great line because it, it justifies why he does flip so quickly because he's a mystery to himself. He doesn't even know why he does anything. So you and, know, and Rick's like, do you even know the choices that you make? Yeah, it's great. I like, I like, I love it. Um, and then this segues so that we can collectively talk about our favorite moments. This segues into my favorite moment, which is the scene where uh, Merle and um, Daryl are together and. In the laundry room? 
yeah and and, and daryl's just you know he's he's trying to talk to his brother and then at the very end he says i just want my brother back and then he like kind of kind of goes near him and then merle just kind of gets like all choked up and he's like get out of here yeah and then i love that daryl goes right kind of reluctantly and then for some reason merle grabs the telephone yeah and then puts it in his and like i don't know why he yeah. does that although maybe that's for uh tying michonne up like he wants the cord maybe from the phone i just i, I just realized that but either way like i like that's my favorite scene in this whole thing it's a quiet thing it's nothing action-packed it's just i want my brother back uh, that's all i want and i like i like i want you to be able to live here together like i want all this stuff you know uh yeah i just like like going on like kind of bouncing off both of our favorite scenes even though like it's kind of unanimous that we don't like merle it's it shows the depth of character you know like that characters don't have to be so one-dimensional that they have depth and this really shows the depth of merle's character and mm-hmm. even though i don't like his character it's like you know the one dimensionality of it being like oh he's a bastard he sucks but it's like oh there's more to that and and i think what's also like morbidly beautiful is that like you know he's starting to you know flesh out a little bit starting to kind of you know loosen it up a bit around these people for the sake of his brother and then he's dead. then he's dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean, you like don't like Merle more than I don't like. Like, I can actually stand Merle. Oh, yeah. I know you can't stand Merle, and uh, and when it happened, I looked over at you and I was like, "Well, now you're not to stand him anymore." Yeah, I don't even think he comes back in any kind of like flashback, or I don't like. I'm, I'm pretty sure my, uh, Michael Rooker is done with the series. Um, he went to Marvel. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Although. <sighs> I'm 90% positive he doesn't come back as of like mid-season nine. He 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 might be in later season. I don't know. But um Well does it say does it say in the cause it normally says this is the last appearance of I mean it says uh no, it doesn't say anything about the last appearance. Because you know how it said that when Rick was on the phone. Oh, this episode marks the last appearance of Michael Rooker. Oh, there you go. Yep, so there you go. Makes it made his final appearance as a series regular in this sorrowful life. Um, well here, let's click Michael Rooker and then go to his filmography and it'll tell us in the thingy. Walking Dead. Yep, twenty thirteen. So he's done. Like you never see Merle ever again. Um Although he does s- appear in Robot Chicken as the voice of Merle. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's get out of here. Uh so yeah, it's it's definitely is his episode, and uh, he does shift pretty quickly. But that's my reasoning for it. That's my favorite scene. That's your favorite scene. On the flip side, my least favorite scene in this particular episode isn't necessarily a bad scene. It just to me, it kind of semi doesn't make sense, but it does. So I'm not in. Like we'll talk about it also, and it that doesn't make sense. But I don't like rick's speech to the six people that's there you can't really count them as six not not because i don't like his speech his speech in general is cool like it's not badly written he's not poorly acting it It, it, like i believe it 
I just don't like how big he is with it. I don't like. Yeah, he's kind of, she's jerking himself. And, like, and, I'm the leader. And I'm like, in reality, you wouldn't have this kind of, like, I, I would be really blown away if someone actually in front of just six people and including one of them is a 10 year old, 11 year old. And the other is a baby. Well, I'm not even including her. You would not be this giant with your, and it's only here. It's, it's only delivered that way because it's a television show. And this is the penultimate episode. And this is, you love that word. Well, that's what, it's even said it's the penultimate episode it's it's the second to last of the season so we have to this is the build up to it and it's like okay i understand that it wouldn't be delivered this way it's too big it's too like he's running for president or something yeah no it would be a very quiet thing it would be one of the scenes at the beginning of the season when they're all gathered around the campfire singing their campfire song their c-a-m-p-f-i-r when they're they're gathered around the campfire it would be very quiet you know it would be that's what it would be it's only this Mm -hmm. thing because it's penultimate and i don't Mm -hmm. like it and i'm gonna play a little bit for you guys because we haven't played anything yet and we got to we got to do that so here you go when i met with the governor he offered me a deal he said he said he would leave us alone if i gave him a show and he even takes the time to rhyme yeah <laughs> He said he would leave us alone if I gave him a shown, which I don't want to do. You're so funny. I mean, what? That's even like that's poor writing right there. Like that's a little too on the nose. I would have, <laughs> I, I would have done. He told us, or he, he told me he would leave us be if I gave him a shown, or he said he would go away if I gave him a shown. Maybe not. He said he would leave us alone if I gave him Michonne. <laughs> what? Poetry. Uh, no, fuck off. And I was going to do that. To keep us safe. So far, so good. I changed my mind. But now Merle took Michonne to fulfill the deal and Daryl went to stop him and I don't know if it's too late. Okay, still still good. I was wrong not to tell you. And I'm sorry. Now I think it goes south right here. What I said last year, that first night, After the farm. It can't be like that. It can't. What we do. What we're willing to do. Who we are. It's not my call. It can't be. I couldn't sacrifice one of us for the greater good. Because because we are the greater good. We're the reason we're still here. Not me. Do you think Andrew Lincoln looks back this on this? It's life and death. How you live, 
How you die. What'd you say? Do you think Andrew Lincoln looks back on this and cringes? I don't think he looks back on it at all. Yeah. Uh, I think he's very much an actor. Like Johnny Depp, uh, they, they don't like to watch themselves. Uh, and I can vouch for that because uh, at one of the Comic Cons, they played a trailer, and right as they're dimming the lights, you can see Andrew Lincoln cover his ears. Because huh. obviously he can't see the screen. It's behind them, you know? Right. But he doesn't even want to hear it. Uh. So I, uh, I don't think he looks back at this at all. It's just at the very end there when he says, you know, back at uh, the farm or back at that camp, you know, season two, uh, <laughs> when I said this wasn't a democracy anymore, it can't be like that. It's just it's it's too presidential for me. And uh, I just don't like it. It's out yeah. of place. Cringe. That's me. Cringe. Go. Up. Oh, all right. Uh, my least favorite scene has to be. Well, it's a collection of scenes and moments or whatever. But I, I'm i so sorry. I'm so sorry to say it. But the B-plot of Glenn wanting to marry Maggie is kind of like... I don't oh, that would be like my honorable mention for favorite scene. What? Oh, yeah. It's, it's so sweet. Like when he goes to, to Herschel. No, like, I'm not... I'm... You know, in a different episode, well, you know, I, I, I could get it. I kind of get it. I kind of get it. Well, because he, yeah, he wants to do it before the war and yeah. in case someone dies. I don't know. It's, for some reason, it just comes off as like when he's cutting the ring off the finger, like kind of reminds me of when Carol tried to do a C-section on the walker. <laughs> so that kind of made me like, stop playing with them. Like, stop. Like, gross. And then it's like the way he proposes was lame. If anything, do it like that. I will agree. That was sort of that was lame. sort of half-assed. Yeah. So maybe if it was like executed better, I could give it a pass. I mean, his but, excuse is it's the apocalypse. But who cares? <laughs> who cares if you're gonna propose? Okay. Yep. How how dare he not get a flash mob of the walkers? How dare he? No, I mean like at least get on a knee. Get on your knee. Get on your goddamn knee. Pull a knee again. You're going to do it in season seven. Yeah. Get on your knee. Yeah. Just <laughs> like you just fucking hold her hand and then place it on or place the ring. What? Yeah. He doesn't even Come put on. it on her finger. He just kind of like hat, drops it in his. Yeah. Drop, and he's like, here you go. Her hand. Here you go. Yeah. So maybe if it was executed a little better. And plus it's just kind of like sprinkled in like really weirdly to me. Like, but then there are people out there that are, you know, like the females that are like, nah, nah, that was so sweet of my sweet Glenn. No, that it's just like out of place. It's like, all right, where can we put this in here? And I don't know, because like it's like a, the lighting is like really beautiful when he walks up to Maggie to go propose to her. It and it's just really weird because then in like the next few scenes, you know, you get. Like, well, before that, you get Merle kidnapping Michonne, and then after that, you get, like, Merle shooting out the, uh, trying to shoot out the governor and his men. It's just, like, really weird. Weird. I don't know. Yeah. No, <laughs> I agree. That part's weird, uh, the way he does it, but uh, overall, I'm okay with, I'm okay with the, the placement of this particular, because... Yeah. If it wasn't like heading toward war, then I'd be like, all right, well, you got to figure out a better place to 
put this, you know, give it more of its moment. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's kind of like overshadowed is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, well, it's definitely overshadowed. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah. a- MVP of the episode. Daryl. Oh, I was going to say Merle. Really? Yeah, because he redeems himself. Yeah, I mean, I guess I could give it to him there. No, you don't think it's Merle? Why Daryl? I just think because, well, I see Daryl as trying to be the bigger man. You know, like, even though he's the younger of the two brothers, he's trying to... Even though he's trying to, like, come off as, like, a hard ass, he's trying to, you know, bring everybody together. Like, he tells, like, Rick about, like, how Michonne was wrong, like, what he's doing is wrong, and so sort of giving, like, a moral thing. He confronts Glenn about, you know, what happened. He talks to Merle saying, you know, you gotta cut your shit. I just feel like he's trying to like tie together a bunch of loose ends, and I think that's very you know like honorable. Yeah, for sure. And plus the fact that he goes after Merle too, like for the sake of Michonne. And I also really like the line he said when they were putting whatever that trap was down by the prison, and with um, Michonne and Maggie Glenn and they came back and Rick was like, that's like a really good idea. It was really smart. And Daryl's like, it was Michonne's idea. Like sort of giving it to like, you know, she's like, she's something good. So I just think he's really high priority kind of guy. Okay. Yeah. You sold me. So it's one of the two Dixons. (laughs) One of the two Dicks. Sons. <laughs> God, what do you think this is an explicit podcast? What do you think we don't have like 10 year olds listening to this fucking thing? <laughs> if there are 10 year olds listening to this podcast, fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Go get your mom. What are you doing? It's a school night. <laughs> I wish I was you. I wish I was 10. <laughs> fuck you. Um, no, there's no 10 year old listening. Maybe, maybe there are. I don't know. Um, yeah, so it's one of the two Dixons. Um, I would. Well, maybe some out some people out there would be like, nah, it's definitely Glenn. He proposed. He's the most valuable. I don't know why it's always a white country woman. <laughs> um, that doesn't make sense. Well, we've already covered, I think, the placement of his speech kind of doesn't like the uh the momentous energy of it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. The reappearing and disappearing black ice doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> that's a very um, tiny detail. Something that doesn't make sense to me is I feel like, because I know like in real world relation, Woodbury and the prison are right next to each other. In real world, yeah, they're very close. In real world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the show, I feel like they can't quite agree where they are. Because we know it's a straight shot, right? But I feel like the distance of that straight shot varies depending on who's traveling it. Because... Apparently, it's so close that Andrea can run for it and get there within a couple hours. You know, it's still daylight from when she leaves to the time she gets there. And not even like sunset, just kind of day. But it's also far enough to where Merle and Michonne could be walking a ways away to a town outside of... Because, no, a prison has to be secluded. 
So you have to venture out a little bit to get to, uh, you know, a town. And then to walk that way, walk some more, hop in a car, drive a little bit, still, like, you know, have time to drop off Michonne, then drive some more. How fucking far? If you take a walk, like a long walk, and then have to get in a car to drive the rest, but yeah, Andrea could sprint it. How fucking far away is this place? Yeah. Uh, they need Google Maps for sure. Because um, yeah, the only consistent thing is that it's a straight shot. That's it. But like, are we talking like five miles? Are we talking 20 miles? Yeah. Fun fact, um, if my memory serves me right, the, the, the bar, quote unquote, that Merle is sitting outside of drinking we, uh, as the walkers kind of gather upon the car. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. When he's just kind of like yeah. blasting his music and shit. Yeah. That bar, that stand-in bar, that's like right in the between the middle of uh, Sonoy, so Woodbury, and then the production studio is the prison. It's like right in the middle uh. Uh, on like a road. Uh-huh. It's just on. It's like on the side. It's just this little thing, uh, chilling there, and they and they just, as far as I know, it's abandoned. They just turned the facade into like a bar. Oh, that's funny. Um, but uh, yeah, for sure. Like the locations can get a little messy, and and uh, that just comes with the territory, I guess. Yeah, it, it's just like if it was, you know, like notably far, then you know you can fluctuate between minutes and maybe even hours, but if you're trying to sell us that the prison's just right up the road, then can you sprint to it in a good mm-hmm. amount of time? Or does it take a little bit of a drive? Yeah. Enough to have a heart-to-heart chat. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. That didn't make sense to me. As cool as it is, and as uh, badass as it is, and as frightening as it is, and all that stuff, I am. I don't know. I find it hard to believe you can bite two fingers off. No, you can. You can like two fingers together. Two fingers together. I know I, you. I, 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 I know maybe for a fact. one. Maybe one. I know for a two fact. Two fingers with your bare mouth. Don't ask me how I know it, but I know that you can like breaking, like biting a finger off is the equivalent to like biting into like a carrot. So it like requires the same amount of force. Hmm. Like. Especially like the baby carrots. Maybe to like, bite into it, but to snap it off. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like to bite and snap, like to eat a carrot, take a bite out of a carrot. I don't eat carrots. Oh, well, I'm saying like a fresh carrot, like from the produce section to do that. It's, you know, it's kind of like bendy. Like you can, there's some sort of like uh, give to it. But then if you snap it, it breaks. And this, everyone, uh, is why she is my co-host, because she knows these disgustingly weird things. I that, know. I have... Uh, why do you know this? I know so many facts. Why do you know it's equivalent to biting into a carrot? Like, who, I, who knows this? I, I have... I. You have no idea. I am so full of facts. Get off Reddit. <laughs> I swear no, to God, get I'm, off Reddit. I am so full... No, I knew, like... For some reason, like, this is just something stored in my brain. Okay. Well, I just, I personally, uh, good Lord. I mean, yeah, he is definitely filled with rage. He's probably, you know, wanted to kick Merle's ass for a while. So that, okay, I get. But, man, I I, I don't know. I, um, uh, can we test this? <laughs> can you be Merle? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Something that makes sense to me is I kind of go back a little bit because 
um, if you can, because I can't reach, but oh. Merle has the governor in his crosshair. And oh, yeah, and then he shoots, right? And he shoots, yeah. and it's off. Yeah, because the, um, the guy, that like the, 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 the two guys from Tyrese's group, yeah, the son, he steps in front of the governor and, and takes the bullet. But it, it looked off-center. Like, it looked like it wasn't where the crosshair was pointing. No, it was. It was? Yeah, it definitely was. Oh, yeah. Merle's like, aiming at the governor. As he pulls the trigger, the son steps in front, and, and he gets shot. Oh, you would think they would make more of a note of that. I didn't even realize it was him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, good. Cool. And, I, and I'm pretty sure that's who Merle's eating. Oh, cool. Uh, when Daryl stumbles on him. Cool. But I do remember having that same issue with, with it when I first watched it. I was like, wait, 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 I'm confused. What just happened there? Because it is quick. Yeah, it's, it's very quick. Because I was looking like at the governor like straight on in the crosshair. And, like, and it's also, don't trust my eyes. They're no, don't trust piss her. poor. Eyes. They are. Piss p- poor. Piss is even, <laughs> can see better than your eyes. But it just looked like, all right, I'm seeing straight on to the governor. Why am I looking at the bottom left? Yeah. Why is he going down? Um, what else? What else? What else? I think that's about it. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. What? Uh, I'm just kind of curious. Not that it doesn't make sense, but what? What are the? Could we have like a statistic of how many uh, bags of smuggled drugs are found in prison mattresses? Yeah. <laughs> Can I get a statistic on that? Yeah, that was. Well, I like that moment where he's like, the best dope I ever found was in a mattress. Yeah. Is that a thing prisoners do? That I don't know. I don't have knowledge on that in my brain. For sure. I would definitely believe smuggling like that for sure. Um, I think that's it. And finally, fist pump moment, the moment of the show of this episode where you're like, yeah. Oh, when the governor finally got his hands on Merle. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. Because it's also, not to cut you off, but it's also, like, a really weird moment for me, at least. Because, you know, Merle's kind of coming around the bend, so you're, at least for me, like, Merle haters, can, it almost, I almost kind of felt bad. Almost. Kind of. Felt bad. Like, part of me was like, finally, thank Christ, no more Merle. That he got what he deserved. Fuck you. Eat shit. But at the same time, it's like, Oh, wait, I'm cheering for the governor. Huh. Yeah. I want to say that because that's the that's the go to one where it's like, yeah, like, okay, cool. Like two people that are not necessarily the greatest of all time going at it head to head. Yeah. Uh, I feel more inclined to say my fist pump moment is. Is. Mm -hmm. Rick deciding against giving Michonne and. Uh, walking into the prison and uh, Herschel comes over to talk him out of it immediately. And, and he's like, no, like, I'm not going to do it. I won't do it. Even after he got the wire. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, 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 I just feel like, okay, good Rick. Like, like, okay, good. Like you're not too far gone Mm -hmm. to the point where you're going to sacrifice somebody and, and have her, you know, suffer immense amounts of pain just to keep you potentially safe. Like that's like, yeah, like, good Rick like that's good like like yeah. good leadership you know yeah um but no like it's definitely a head and head kind of thing with the governor uh attacking Merle and 
just shocking, man. Just shocking. I remember watching it and going, oh, wow. Like, in hindsight, and this, again, I know I've said this before, but The Walking Dead is sometimes pretty obvious with with where it's going in hindsight. And you can notice, like, when a character death is about to happen because they typically will focus on that character. That character will get redemption. That character will get a lot more lines, a lot more focus, and then they'll kill him. Yeah. That's like a thing that they do on The Walking Dead. Um, but I remember watching it originally and not picking up on it. And in hindsight, I was like, oh, it's plain it's so obvious Merle's going to die in this episode because he's never like this prominent in any other episode. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's definitely what's really cool. I don't know if you caught it. He's his, his final word to the governor is I'm not begging you. Yeah. And I that's that. what he says in season one when he's on the roof and he's like, Oh. When he's talking to Jesus, you know, help yeah. me, Jesus, like, get me out of here. I'm not begging. I ain't begging. Yeah. So oh, it's wow. sort, of, sort of full circle for wow. a little thing there. Um, uh, uh, what I was going to say, in addition to your fist pump moment, you know, like, it's really something when even Merle says that you've gone cold. Yeah. You're icy cold. You're cold as ice, Officer Friendly. God, he's so good. He's like he is very good at villainous shit. Michael yeah. Rooker. Does um, his voice just sound like that, or is that is him? Uh. There, there is no special effects on that thing. Um, yeah, him and Gilbert Gottfried tie for like. Do you really talk like that? <laughs> or Christopher Walken? What are you talking? Uh, no, no, hold on. Uh, my Christopher Walken. Uh, yeah, hey, honey, you, you want to go for it? Then you go for it. <laughs> that's hairspray uh, 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 I'm about to rock your world that's uh, click um, yeah Christopher Walken's great hopefully he's uh, on the show at some point like a walker or something yeah. Christopher Walken the walk-in dead yeah I know that's a meme or something oh I'm sure so that's that guys that is this how do you say it what oh the sorrow this sorrowful there you go life this whatever she just said life um, it's a Sorrowful life. Sorrowful. It ain't a wonderful life. R.I.P. Jimmy Stewart. Um, so now is where you guys come in. Um, you have to uh, get in touch with us if you like to. However you want to do that. You can, like I said, go to anchor.fm slash don'tdeadpodcast. Uh, you can leave us a voicemail. Um, we got an email, but I don't imagine anybody likes to type anything super long unless it's a mean tweet um and we don't have a twitter so uh that's that let us know what you think of this episode um and do the stuff that you do with those those podcasts that you like Uh, i'm just stealing this from bob saget but i like the way he says it uh what you have to do is you have to rate uh review and subscribe and uh you get it where all you people get your podcast uh Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Thatcher, Twatcher, Blitzen, Donner, Cupid. Uh, R.I.P. Bob. Love you. Miss you. Um, I'll never not get over it. And uh, any other things you'd like to add to your sorrowful life? Nope. No? Nope. Nothing? Nada. Wow. Zilch. Zilch. Zero. Well, guess what? Next episode is the finale of season three, the finale of this podcast for season three. Um, not this whole podcast. Um, and our guest 
our guest is a returning favorite. He is a uh, great friend of mine, one of my all-time coolest people I know. He's a phenomenal YouTuber, Durant Cinema, real name Dave. Uh, he's coming back. He's going to be our residential finale dude. So he was on for season two. He's coming back for Welcome to the Tombs season three. It's going to be amazing, going to be super fun, very entertaining. We're going to be doing that over uh, Zoom or Skype or StreamYard, something. Yeah. Uh, we're going to Zoom him in to the studio, uh, to the soundboard here, and he'll be in our faces. He'll be right in front, right in front of us digitally. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. And uh, I know a lot of people like Dave, so really looking forward to that. That's going to be next week's episode. And then we're on finale, but we're going to have a, you know, maybe we might have a bonus episode boner or two for you guys out there. I know we just watched Paranormal Activity, so mm-hmm. we're thinking about recording a Paranormal Activity episode if that's of interest to you. So look forward to that as well. And uh, uh, that's pretty much everything that we're doing. And... <laughs> Sorry about that. That 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 was way that was super premature. Uh, I got to turn <laughs> turn that down. There we go. All right, so there we go. We're gonna hit play in there. Now we can now we can properly end. Um, so until we talk to you with uh, Durant Cinema next week, what you have to do is rate, review, subscribe, and also bring, bring your, your own, own pants. pants. Anything you want to add? Now you have a headache. No, I still have a headache. You still have a headache? You still have your ingrown toe, toenail <laughs> no, yeah. from last week? No, no, I fixed it. You fixed it? I